where's it coming from? From the top of his head. Where's it coming from? Right on the top of his head. Where's it coming from? What is up, party people? Welcome to the top of the head once again. And uh, we thought we had so much fun last December. I can't believe that's already coming up pretty soon here on the community episode with our good buddy, old friend, uh, fellow happy hour crew member, Tim Rice, that we would have him back. What's up, Timmy? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me again. Yes. Round two, fight. Round two. <laughs> yeah, this... Th- or yeah, we're gonna we Tim just put his daughter down to sleep and now that means time we can discuss the next topic, which we chose to be fatherhood. Yes. And that's why it does feel right. like round two fight, because fatherhood is a daily battle. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle. How many references can we fit into like two minutes? Oh tons. Tons, tons, tons. Um yeah, it's perfect topic for us. Um, I was thinking the other day, you know, I'm going to, I'm excited to see where this goes because it could go a lot of directions. But the first thing I thought of when we said, uh, let's talk about it was thinking back to old school days of us being dumb teenagers in our early twenties or whatever. And if you line the three of us up and said, which one was going to have a kid first, I'm pretty much 99.9% would say Mike would be the last one. (laughs) (laughs) however he was the first one which was kind of kind of crazy to think about so (laughs) because milan's gonna be how milan's wait he's going into 14 14. that's right which that seems crazy but that was 14 years ago yeah i was i was just thinking about i remember when mike put the website up online for him yeah little milan.net oh i forgot about that at that time there was no social media uh-huh. Well, we had MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we had MySpace. GeoCities. Right, right. But yeah. that was pretty much taken over for bands right away. Like, that's what I would associate with MySpace. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, but that's that's where, obviously, Facebook got most of the ideas, except they started. Remember, that's the other crazy thing to think about now, is Facebook was only for college students, and now it's everyone but college students on there. Like the the average demographic is like forty to sixty or something like that right now, which is nuts. Uh-huh. But yeah, anyways, I mean, it's it seems like crazy that that was fourteen years ago. I always associate it with when Roberta and I got married, because that was right that oh, yeah. summer, yeah, right, summer. or that next summer, or was Tracy pregnant, or did had she, was Milan was just born? Yeah, you got you guys got married in October. Milan was Mi, Milan was six months old because I wanted to come over with him, and then Tracy said like, yeah, no, but then the first time we flew over with Mika, which you know was four years later, was like he was six weeks old. So you get oh my once you get from yeah. one to the second, it's just you exponentially grow with your trust and like everything's uh-huh. okay you know we yeah kim and i joke about it all the time we're like the first one you're super careful like it's a porcelain doll and then the second one it's like like a little monster you're like i don't care throw food at it <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that's funny i mean that's how yeah with my brother and i i feel like my parents were the same way with my brother obviously i don't know that because i only have one but um, that's definitely 
I can I can see it in all our friends. Ben and Jen are the same way with Brighton when he was born. Completely 360 from when Neo was born. So, but Roberta had so much experience too from babysitting those acoustic, um, autistic kids and just having a method as a Montessori teacher. You know, I'm. Sh yeah, for sure, absolutely, and like, I know that we lucked out and 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 won the lottery because. McKenna from day one has been, I mean, based on all our friends and stuff, like there's so many things that I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad she's so independent or I'm so, you know, she, Roberta didn't really have, we didn't really have any long colicky stuff. I remember at the beginning. So we, we got lucky, which is the reason that when everyone says, are you going to have another one? We're like, no, because we're pretty sure the second one would be a demon child <laughs> because we got so lucky yeah. first one. And that's usually, yeah, that's usually what happens for real. Well, if you just look at normal psychological, you know, bringing, uh, you know, one child is in the world. He does this. He's got his mannerisms and characteristics and the other child naturally won't want to follow in someone who's de more developed than them. So they'll just develop their own way. And the, it's the opposite. One person's introverted, the other person's extrover extroverted, or one person likes sports, the other one then. So that's, I mean, Milan and Mika are, yeah, are, are opposites. But it's it's so cool. Even last night, Mika um, was sleeping over in Milan's room. And so I'm really happy with the four-year difference that we had because when Milan, Mika was born, you know, Milan was coming out of three he could still really play the role of a big brother more than if he was just two years old which is kind of like more typical where people have like the baby but so i was really yeah we they are still really connecting on that level and yeah and i i still feel lucky too that i feel like we're living in a time where we 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 try to optimize ourselves so much more than the luxury our parents didn't think about that, that I still feel like I have a really good connection with them where I feel I'm sure our parents didn't have that luxury or. It just, I think, you know, the, the late seventies, eighties, early nineties, like it just was a different time, you know, where parenting, the, the role of parenting was so different where, you know, your, your primary objective was to make sure you worked, made money, and then everything else was kind of secondary, you know what I mean? Whereas now, like we've we've kind of taken a step back where we're like, yeah, we have to we have to make money, we have to earn money to take care of our families, but it's also very important that we optimize our, our yeah, relationships. Yeah, for sure. But I also think that um, as as different generations happen, I think when you're in the moment, you could probably talk to our parents and they would say, well, we thought we were doing that too compared to our parents. So like, I think it just evolves because mm -hmm. I know for sure when, right, exactly. when Kenny gets to be 16, 17, <laughs> she'll find things that we screwed up. <laughs> she'll find things that I wish you did it this, she did it that way. I mean, let's not kid sure. ourselves. We're, we're not, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And I think that's, that's the biggest I'm thing. I'm not kidding myself. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, trust me. I'm not kidding myself. I know yeah, Kim and I yeah. are like, we're like, we're, we're messing up every day. Well, that probably bought Kenny a couple weeks on the couch later in life or something like that. You know, like we know, like we'll find our own way to screw it up. It may not be the same. You know, I think that now, you know, just speaking for myself, you know, I think my, our parents' generation, 
we're definitely not as like trying to always improve and optimize and evolve and make sure you say you love, I love you all the time and make sure we're tuned into feelings. But I think that if you go too hard, even on that, there's some other side effects that could happen too. So yeah, for sure. We'll screw something up. (laughs) But I wanted to ask you guys, I was thinking about this and just going back to when we all first became fathers and, um, to just like kind of go around the horn and see like what what were you thinking in the moment not not just when you found out you're gonna be a father but like in <clears throat> in the hospital room like what's the first thing you know you thought or you saw, or like the maybe a song was on or something like that and like I'll share mine first and I'll um you know kind of put it to you guys but I can remember the moment she was born. And like, it just felt like that whole hospital room froze like in time. Like it was one of those, um, like in the matrix where they freeze the shot and you go all around like different ways, you know, and look at the bottom and top. It just like was frozen in time. I remember the smell in the room. Like I remember like it had this, like not to gross everybody out, but it was like an iron smell. Cause obviously a lot of blood was lost in the room. And like, you know, I remember them wheeling this cart over, and I just felt like I was in a, um, in a, in a war movie where there, someone was screaming like medic, medic, like all these like metal things clanking and cleaning. And it was just like so chaotic, but still like I was able to like hone in on what was happening, you know? So that, and then I remember seeing the, the heartbeat, um, the BPM heartbeat wave on the monitor of her. And it's funny because I'm sitting here looking at GarageBand as I'm recording and it looked exactly like that. And so immediately I started thinking about music in the moment. And then I was just, there was so many different things. I was like looking at this, smelling this, oh my God, you know, and it, and plus we had just like gone, I think we were in the hospital for a whole week. Roberta had to like, you, you remember that Tim, cause you were in the hospital with us, but um, Roberta had to get three different doses of Pitocin to like get the labor started and then it didn't work. So it was a grueling process. I think she was actually in labor for, yeah. I mean, I remember you guys, you guys started and then it, it just wasn't going to work. So then they, they, they stopped. And then, um, you know, Kim and I, we just felt so bad for Berta. They were like, what do you need right now? What do you want? And she's like Perkin or whatever, uh, Baker square. And we, we ran over there and got her some food and pie. Yeah. <laughs> And I think you gave us some DVD to watch in the in the room. It was like probably yeah, I don't know, some movie or show or something. But yeah, that's what I, that's what I remember from the moment, and just like overwhelmed with. I remember not being scared or anything, and just like overwhelmed with emotion, but not fearful. And because Roberta was like cracking jokes, she was in such a good mood. She was like high on you know the epidural and pitocin. I remember there was they invited three different. Um, medical students in on top of the four doctors that were in there and she made some joke like all right three more people to look at my vagina or something like that <laughs> 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 as we're sitting there so it was it was such a happy moment like and I, I knew all of our friends were out there in the waiting room and I remember walking outside when when she was born and Andy like Roberta's sister jumped into my arms it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, it was so much, so happy. So that's what I remember that from that moment. You you changed on so many different levels in that moment. Yeah, spiritually, everything. It's just like, wow, what just happened? You know. 
Yeah, for, for me, I'm actually, I know that I was surprised to be the first person to do it. Um, but when I look now back at my life, even with my mom passing away, it feels that that's, it's actually right for me because I like to, to be the first person to experience it where I'm not actually, I can't overthink it. And for me, I think it was exactly what I needed. I needed to get out of Milwaukee and not be constantly distracted with, you know, school and just like all these different things that were going on. I was just isolated there. I remember I had to learn how to send the message out on the phone, you know, internationally to everybody you know, what Milan was healthy and that he was born. But the strange thing was, is Milan was so big. Um, even when Theresia was like for uh, three months into it, the doctor just said, you're going to have a C-section. There's no way, like the, where, how big this child is. And I, it was 5,000. Um, so yeah, it was like 10 pounds. But Milan was so huge and they they had a plan every day we went to go get his heart monitored and then they said okay it, it's getting stressed like tomorrow we're going to plan the operation and the the doctor that was doing the surgery you know he had bad experience with people fainting and stuff so he did not want me in there while the surgery was happening so that was totally crazy that i was just like sitting outside in this waiting room and then the doors open up and it was just kind of like, okay, here's your kid. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it could be like for a minute, I was just like, this is so strange. It could be any buddy's baby that they're just like, <laughs> here, take it. And you think of those weird stories yeah. on Netflix and stuff. And they switch the babies at birth. But then we took that. We went in the elevator. I went with the nurse and then, and me, Milan was crying. And then we went and cut the, the rest of the, umbilical cord or cleaned him off i mean actually it was cut they put the the thing on there the little whatever the clamp yeah the clamp and then we just cleaned him up and then i yeah i took my shirt off and stuff and then just held him while they were bringing teresia you know finishing up sewing her up and then yeah then we met and the best thing was at that time uh you they were building the new baby clinic in our town in Plauen. So we had to go to a neighboring town, which was like a half hour away. And it was just great for me to be a little bit outside of the city that of course, Teresa's parents came and saw the baby and her sisters and stuff. But it, I'm so glad that there was this week of time to be there in the hospital, just Teresa, me and Milan and not have anybody come to it. And I, I felt like that's, that was my beginning to fatherhood that, that I could really be alone and try to reflect on it and meditate. But I remember I always said this time after I was just like, I never felt depressed ever again, the way I did in college where you're worrying about where you're going to go to school or where are you going to get your first job after you like it, it, it totally released me from that pressure of, choosing and for now on life just became reactionary mm-hmm. yeah well and that is the s- most freedom ever suddenly it's not just about you anymore you know yeah for sure and that's awesome i love your details mike 
the way that you said the way that you felt like you had to tell us that you took your shirt off to hold the baby i just imagining like mike as tarzan like in some jungle (laughs) (laughs) the shirt off my child sorry yeah no the nurse just said that that's good or make make contact with him the baby will like that and then yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I associate that with the usually when I see that it's the women's. I've never heard that with with the father, but that's cool. You know, usually like you see even the pictures where they lay the baby on top of the mother, like before they start, you know, trying to latch and stuff. So I've never. Yeah, that's cool. Though. I, I had I had to do the same thing because of with the C-section, you know, like and Kim getting sick at that moment um, that I ended up going with Cade. But it was our, our, like the, the events leading up to were like so kind of similar in the, in the sense that like it didn't happen as quickly as we thought it was going to happen. Kind of like with you and Roberta, but it was, uh, it was Kim's birthday. It was August 26, 2015. We, Kim and I both worked super long days and, um, you know, we, I, I want to say we both like worked 12 plus 12 plus hour days and, you know, we were having a late dinner. I made our birthday cake. And we were getting ready to go to bed. It was like 11 o'clock at night and her water broke. And we're like, and you know, Adam, you've been to our town in Macomb and it's like, you know, it, there was no cars on the road. We're driving to the hospital. It's like the tone, the town is a totally asleep. And, uh, we it, look, it looks like, like the, it looks like the coronavirus is always at stake in your town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we, we get to the hospital and, you know, we're sitting here thinking that this is going to happen, you know, but it ended up being where she was in labor for like 24 hours and we didn't get any sleep that night. And then she didn't really start pushing until like, I want to say it was like, it was between three and five o'clock the next day, mm. you know, afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when, it, when it, he just, he was, he was, Cade was super calm. He didn't want to come out. His heartbeat never raised. He was happy as can be in there. And finally the doctor was like, this isn't going to happen. We got to, we got to do the C-section. And, and that's, I think that was when it got real for me where I was like, they're, you know, they're like, here's your scrubs, get them on. We got to in like, everything just started going really fast. Mm-hmm. And they, they quick Carter off into a room and they're like, and I remember that this nurse like sticking her arm out in front of me and holding me. She's like, you need to wait right here. And they like, she kind of pushed me up against the wall and she's like, sit down we'll come get you. And, and all of a sudden they brought me in and it was kind of like what you were describing where like, you just, you can remember everything that was going on in the room. You can remember the smells, the sounds and all that stuff. And everything just seemed to happen really fast. They like rushed me around the, the, the back end of the curtain. So I couldn't see them opening Kim up, you know? Yeah. And, um, and all of a sudden, um, you know, he just was crying and, and they, they were like, dad, come here, you know, and, and they're like, do you want to cut the umbilical cord? Which they had already cut it because of the C-section. Sure. But they're like, do you want to finish it up? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but they're, they're cleaning him up and I'm just like looking at him and I'm just like time stood still at that moment. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, they're, then they hand him to me mm-hmm. and they're like, you can take him over to Kim and, and I was right about to put his face by her face and she goes, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get sick. And, you know, cause of all the drugs and stuff. Sure. And she, she ended up and she couldn't feel anything. So she couldn't feel herself thrown up. And that was what I remember. I just holding this baby and I'm feeling awful for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they end up taking us to a different area where, um, you know, they finished cleaning him up and weighing him and all that stuff like that. And, and, 
Cade starts crying and I go, as, as she's doing stuff and I'm like, I'm like, Cade, it's okay. And he like, he opened his eyes and he stopped crying when he heard my voice. It was like the, the best thing that I ever witnessed. You know what I mean? That's awesome. That's so cool. And then, and then I did the same thing. I took my shirt off and I, and I, I did the, the skin to skin with him because he couldn't have Kim right away, you know? Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I just you just made me remember a very important part of the feelings I was feeling right after it happened as after she was born, we had her maybe for, you know, we went, you know, got cleaned up and everything. And then they started to bring people in to, to meet her. I think it was like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And um, the next day, you know, we woke up and Roberta was trying to um, we were trying to get her to latch. And she wouldn't latch and she wouldn't keep anything down. And like, I remember my grandpa and was in the room and they were trying to like, you know, and he was pretty old at that point. He's since passed away, but he, he wanted to hold her and stuff. And that at that moment, we realized something was wrong. You know, McKenna wouldn't latch. And all of a sudden we realized something was wrong. Like the nurse kept coming back in and she wouldn't latch, couldn't keep anything down. And they're like, we need to go evaluate something. Something's wrong with her stomach. So she had swallowed a bunch of um, fluid on the way out, embryonic fluid. Mm -hmm. So within eight hours of, of her being in the room with us, they had to take her away. And that was the most. So I remember thinking, I just experienced all this elation and joy from being a father. And I, f for the first time, was so fucking scared. Like they took, mm -hmm. they took her away and they said they had to, they, they had to put her in the NICU, you know? And so she was in wow. the NICU because for three days, I think, and they had to pump her stomach and just, I vividly remember the doctor telling us, you guys should go home and get some sleep and come back and visit her the next day. And when we went back to visit her, we did do that. We got, we, of course we didn't sleep, but you know, we tried to do everything we could came back the next day to visit her in the NICU and they can't really tell you they're going to be okay, which I understand. They kind of just tell you the situation. They don't say, like, everything's going to be fine, which you, that's all you want to hear. And I just right. remember walking down this huge hall at Waukesha Memorial, and there's all these, like, donation pictures of, like, kids that probably didn't make, make it or, like, right. you know what I mean? And I just, like, this rush of, like, I just started bawling. And I didn't know, like, I was like, oh, my God, you know. And in hindsight, somebody probably should have said, like, or, or could have said, like, you, everything's going to be yeah, okay. But whatever. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't regret those feelings, though. I think it was very important for me. And just like what you were saying with Cade, where he opened his eyes when he heard your voice, I remember sitting next to where she was laying, and there's all these babies that are, that are covered up and on tubes and stuff, and my brain was just, like, spiraling. And I remember putting mm -hmm. my finger in her little hand and like her like clinching it super tight. And I was like, I just, I was like, okay, like, I think everything's going to be okay. And I just had a sense of, you know, calmness then. And she, of course she was okay. We took her, I think the next day, but, and yeah. it was that, it was like that scene in, um, in knocked up at the end where Seth is Seth Rogan's driving the baby home and he's going like five miles an hour. I think it took us like two hours to go 15 miles. I was like so nervous oh, about yeah, yeah. having the baby in the back. <laughs> so yeah, I remember, I remember Kim being the same way. She's like, you better drive really slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, 
from there, it's just it's just been it's been a crazy, crazy ride. I mean, watching her grow up and, you know, we, we got to we got to experience living with her grandparents for a couple years with Tom and Bonnie down in Indiana. And that's I'm so glad we had that time with them and they got to, you know, see her every day for several years and watch her grow up. And, you know, that does make it hard to be away from all of them in California. But I, I still am so glad that we had that time you know, back then, but yeah, it's been a crazy ride since. I'm trying to think of some other things that I've learned over the years, like really big moments. I don't know if you guys, you know, have anything, but, um, obviously we've just been talking about the birth, but. Well, I mean, like your whole world changes in that, in that moment for, for sure. And that's like you, everything you thought you knew got thrown out the window at that, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I guess I can speak to to Mike, like what I've seen in you, like you were saying, it's the best thing that could have happened to me moving away from Milwaukee and everything. And I think both of your kids are this just as important no matter where you are, because I mean, you've definitely like it's no it's 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 no secret, like you're self-proclaimed only child and you know that you can be really selfish. And that's something you and I have talked about over the years. But that's something that you've you've grown so much just like raising those two boys because you, there is no selfish, you know, like you can't be. Yeah, but I, I mean, I can remember the, or I can remember what attracted me to to being a father was, you know, my roommates with Jesse G and Matthew Gramling and just seeing those guys still play in bands and do the radio show or, you know just be you know cool friends that that you look up to and seeing how they brought their both both their sons were named Elijah and how they brought them along and I can remember um that Jesse Gilgenbach brought Elijah to Miller Park he got some free tickets to a baseball game and when Elijah went in there he's like this isn't a park where are the trees <laughs> and stuff and he didn't understand it, and that's and I just love that though the beauty of those things of that innocence, and they were role models for me that you could still do all the things you wanted to, and I feel like um Theresia had to finish her degree, and because of her her um immune deficiency disease and stuff, she had to take some medicine where she could not uh breastfeed the baby for Milan, and so she went back to school, and I felt like. I took off time from from school when I came over for Milan's birth, like a year and a half. She finished her degree, and then it was, it was just such a great transition for me to not be distracted by all these things and just be able to put Milan in that baby wrap that's just a cloth baby wrap and walk around the city and go grocery shopping and take him everywhere and just walk everywhere. And I explored this new city, and I was pretty much isolated. And it was a it was a beautiful bonding experience, you know. So I'm yeah, no, I can I can remember like after she was born, like exactly what you said about like passing, be, still being the cool dads or whatever, still doing things and still showing that to your kid is so important. Like there's there are certain parents yeah. like when they first have a child, like there's 
there's them before a child and there's them after a child, which of course you're going to change. But I mean, there's some people that completely like, well, I can't do this anymore or I can't be into this or, but that stuff is so important that they like, you would want to see, I would always say to Roberta, like I want McKenna to see who you and I were as people before she was here because we still are those people, you know? So exactly what you're saying, like still playing music, still, passing on our beliefs to her and not just being like, you know, vanilla minivan family, you know what I mean? Like changing <laughs> after that they're born. Of course you're going to do things differently, but that stuff is so important that, sh- that they can see that in you and that you're fallible and, and make mistakes and, and things like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, having, having children is not a death sentence by any means. It's, it's definitely something where you need to learn to adapt as you, as you learn how to be a parent, but that doesn't mean that you have to give up everything that you did before. It just, it just changes. Right. Exactly. But so what Mike had said, he brought up that, that funny thing about what Elijah said with uh, Miller park and it not having trees. Let's, let's see if we can remember some, some moments where our kids said something so funny like that. I, I remember one particular time uh, we were sitting uh, at the dinner table playing a game and and Kim goes to Kate. She goes, "Let's go around the table and tell something." Blah blah blah. I don't remember what what the finishing thing was, but she let's let's go around the table. And Cade stands up and starts walking around the table as he's saying what he had to say. It was the funniest thing I ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. He's following the rules. Yeah, <laughs> but the, you you learn you don't realize it, but you learn kids take things so literally. Yeah, yeah. Let's go around there. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm trying to think of something. I mean, when she was little, the thing I remember is McKenna was always, she still is obsessed with Christmas the same way Roberta and I are. And so we have all these videos of her singing all these Christmas songs, but she would always change the words and they would be so silly and crazy. Like I remember um, what song is in the happy new year, but she would say, and a happy new beer and she would like <laughs> she would like make the motion like like you're doing the Oktoberfest, you know, almost the ska move with your arm, your elbow or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> happy new beer. <laughs> like <laughs> she still watches those. And now um it's funny cuz my brother's uh, daughter Melanie watches the videos of McKenna on my dad's phone of those videos. So now she's doing the same thing. So my parents will be over there watching her and she's singing almost in the same key. It sounds exactly the same, like singing the same yeah. stuff she did. It's so funny, but that's what comes to mind. Just like, I'm sure there's God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think other. So, Oh, I remember she was probably two years old and, um, she used to, she would, she was such a content baby when she would sleep. Like she would never scream in the morning. We're again, we're so lucky. I know we're the worst, but we would literally sit down upstairs um, in Tom and Bonnie's house. And she would wake up probably like six in the morning. We'd be up there having coffee, just talking amongst ourselves. And we can just hear her downstairs having like full conversations with herself. It's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, like just totally content. And I remember one time, <coughs> she was doing that and then we heard like some rustling and banging so i'm like i better go down there and see what's going on so i opened the door and her entire crib and her entire body 
was covered in baby powder. She got a hold of the baby powder <laughs> jar, and it was every. It would look. It looked like someone just went on a cocaine spree, and they were covered in. Oh, no. <laughs> and she just gave me that look, like what? What? A, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I rem- I remember when Kenny was little, and she was going in. Her, she was in her gypsy chic phase, wearing all the different layers of stuff. Oh yeah, she still and is. I, I think you got. Yeah, you guys were, were you living in like Oak Creek or something like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys had us over for dinner, and, and I was playing with her, and, and she was she wanted to serve me shushy. Oh, yeah, shushy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, and she would always tell you about her imaginary friends that you thought were old yeah, old, old lady ghosts, and she would freak you out about um, <laughs> Graba and, and Soupy yeah. and Ka- Kasha. She's like, Tim, Kasha, Kasha talked to me last night, and you were like, what? <laughs> Um, yeah, I talked to Kasha last night and you'd be like, what does Kasha look like? She has white hair and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, ta- your daughter's talking to a ghost in the night. Is what you- <laughs> but you know, that, that was, that was one of those things like when like little kids, like, you know, seeing horror movies with little kids talking about ghosts and stuff like that. I was like, when all my friends started having kids, I'm like, dude, if a kid starts talking to me about a ghost, man, I'm going to flip out. <laughs> yeah, they can see him, Tim. I know. I know. Him. In. I know. Yeah, just like Mikey used to get freaked out when we would leave him upstairs at the practice space and turn off all the lights. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd be practicing, and we would all we'd have this side conversation. You and me and Luke or somebody would be like, "Okay, we're gonna just back out of the room because Mike would be involved in whatever he was doing." And yes. on the turntables or something, <laughs> and we would sneak out, and all of a sudden, shut the lights off and run downstairs. And Mike would be screaming, ah! "We'd hear a high-pitched <laughs> scream!" Yeah, that was so mean. But yeah, I, I, it was I really mean. You deserved appreciate. It. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that extra uh, adrenaline that you gave me. <laughs> you didn't need any, but I can remember. Yeah, what do you when remember? Mika, Milan was maybe two years old or three years old and something. And then that Theresia was giving him a bath and she said, you know, okay, you got to clean your penis. And you know, like, what does mama have? And he just said, mama has or only a, a butt. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, and we had a similar thing where McKenna would call it her front butt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my yeah. god! I gotta clean my front butt. Well, so here, so speaking of like the the potty talk now, so like one of the things that like before we had kids, and I remember Dane Dane had his his uh, Dominic, his first son, and I was just like, so he go he follows you into the bathroom when you're taking a crap, and Dane's like, yeah, I'm like, so you don't make him like he just like watches you take a crap. And Dane's like, yeah, that's, that's just what you do. And I'm like, no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but, you know, thinking about back then, like how I viewed that. And now, like, once again, all that stuff gets thrown out the window. You're just like, all right, I got to quick take a crap before blah, blah, blah. And like, you're just like, just sit here and play with this toy, yeah. you know. And- yep. Uh, because of watching them, like you don't want them to get, you don't want them to get into anything while you're on the toilet. Yeah, exactly. I've had no, you know what I love, like when I hear that story, I, I, I'm sure there was times like 
I don't know to when, but I can remember being in our house, you know, because the old floor, you could see the the door to the bathroom is like directly into the flo- the hallway to all the doors and stuff. And I can remember um, still telling me like, here, give me some privacy and like you, you can go down there in that room or something. I could still see them. But I, I, that reminder of I've always felt like uh, for me as a, pretty distracted person growing or you know teaching raising a child in Europe was the right fit for me because we still have such a strong reliance on society and my dad can remember when Milan or when Mika was a baby we went to the Baltic Sea on vacation and they had a German submarine where you could go down and explore and there was a point where, you know, maybe Mika was two or something and he didn't want to walk and then he was crying and then my, uh, you know, some, my dad or somebody from the, from the German side of the family is like, what does he want? What does he need? And like some old guy just says, he needs a good kick in the ass. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, like he's got to deal with it. He's he's got to walk. He's got his own two feet. Like, yeah. there's not so much coddling of kids that are that people think they're old enough to not be in a stroller. Yeah, you know, there's more people just walking around. And yep, yep. So I was always just like, I I appreciate that in society that there was more of a reliance on that. And you know, the kids go to kindergarten before it's really just to learn social skills and i think that people are especially in former east germany that they're outspoken and people yell at other people if they're jaywalking across the street or whatever but yeah that really helped me because i remember coming back to america and they're like what you let your child cross the street alone yeah like, yeah 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 he just did it i don't know like and people are like you can't you can't let him cross the street you can't let him do this or you can't let him play on the playground and he's gonna hurt himself i'm like yeah who says how to fall yeah who says because you read it in some book i mean we had a similar we had a similar thing like that of just living in with tom and bonnie because bonnie raised the two girls very much like that you know what i mean like you know wipe your skin knee off and get your ass up and let's keep moving kind of thing. And not to say that like, there's no love. Of course there was tons of love, but there are some times where in most new, new families, like you would hear a baby crying and they're always like, what does he need? What does she need? Does he need to eat? Does he need this? Does he need poop? And like, I remember Bonnie would just say like, yeah, she probably just needs to cry. It's fine. You know? And like, it was such, that's such a calming phrase because you're like, you're not, what do you have to worry about? Like they're not hurt. You know, and that, so, you know, I think I can totally relate to that. I'm so glad that we had that time there, you know. If you think about it, the baby is pure, you know, like the baby, like the baby can see ghosts. They can feel energy that we're long desensitized to. They can feel like a dog, you know, it can, it can look into your soul and kind of say like, are you afraid of me or, or are you good? Like the baby, I guess the first two emotions they feel is like, you know, all in the head, that Disney movie where you feel joy, then you feel, um, what is it, sadness, then you feel anger, then you feel grossed out. Right, right. Well, they're you know, developing so, that, so there's no, they don't have an ego yet like but, we do. But in the beginning, there's only kind of like fear and joy. And so I wish I could just scream 
yep and hold myself back so like i I, i've noticed that with a lot of more more the feminine side has a problem of and i think it's more societal base of like fix it you know you need to fix this situation where guy where more the masculine side just like let it happen like i never had a problem with the baby crying i i can remember when trey's like okay he's crying can you bounce on the pilates ball until he want, he'll falls asleep. And I was just like, oh, this is a beautiful dynamic meditation. I know I can sit here longer than you can cry, so I'll just let it happen. And then if it was a half hour or whatever, I'm like, okay, I'm just in this moment. I'm checking out my posture and just waiting until you give up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's beautiful, too. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course, we've all gotten annoyed by by incessant whining or crying, but that's a very good point. Is because like if you can be in the moment and under realize what that crying actually is, you know, like it's not threatening you in any way. It's the voice of your child that you just gave birth to. You know what I mean? It's like, what's so bad if they're really not? So that's a good point. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I just thought of some another story I was trying to think of. Uh, oh, we were talking about like, oh, people would say, how can you do that? Or how can you do this? Yeah, I remember taking McKenna to Summerfest and she was four months old, maybe, and seeing, seeing Tim's band play at Summerfest with big headphones on. And people were looking at us like we had worms crawling out of our ears. That was awesome though. Like she, you know, she got to experience some some cool things because you guys weren't so uptight, you know. Yeah, yeah, and she. That's why she's so good in the car because we would take all the. We would always be, every other weekend we would drive from Milwaukee Go to see a show down or no, just down to Tom and Bonnie before we lived there. So that's that was a six hour drive. So she just got, she just got accustomed to being content, you know in the car you know she would she it's so funny because she would make markers when we would drive down there she would know where she was there's this huge section in northern indiana where they have all of these wind turbines and we would be coming up on that spot and she'd be like turbines so she knew where Mm -hmm. she was and you know and it's yeah no she that's why she was like that i have a beautiful story about the autobahn for mika and it was actually cool we were driving home at night and he remembered the story as I told him about it when he was three or something. But at night on those turbines, they put the flashing lights so that the planes don't hit them. And um, I remember just like driving with him and then he'd just be like, Papa, Papa, robot or robot or <laughs> like looking at those lights flashing and saying they were robots. robots. And I, I could just cry like thinking about that because it's so beautiful and innocent and the wonder of the world, you know, they're just tapped into it while they're learning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You should cry. It's good for the podcast. (laughs) So yeah, go ahead. Good, good content. Ready? One, two, three, go and go. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. You know, now that she's, I, you know, she's 11 now, which seems crazy. She's in sixth grade. She's go, finally going back to in-person school next week, thank God. But um, it, I know the next couple of years we're coming up on the the danger zone here. So, um, yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's going to get interesting. Um, I still love her to death, but it's uh, she's becoming a woman, and um, I guess I need to invest in some baseball bats. I but uh, <laughs> every pic, every school picture that comes out every year. Yeah. So, so we, so the conversations about fatherhood, that's, I mean, that's obviously the gist of what we're talking about, but so for Kim, it didn't come as easily where she knew she wanted to be a parent as it did for me. And the, the day that she learned that she wanted to be a mom was Kenny's first birthday party. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Kenny went up to Kim and held her arms up to have Kim pick her up. Mm-hmm. And Kim was like, wait, wait, me? You want me to pick you up? <laughs> and that was what changed for her. So it just kind of like it, it set off something in her head where she's like, you know, this isn't this wouldn't be too bad. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember how social of a kid she was at such a young age because we surrounded her with so many people so young. You know, it's, it was a very much a an extension of what our wedding was. You know, f- not that she had 400 people around her singing songs to her all the time, but... Um, you know, there was a lot, I mean, and, and she was, I think her, her, that's why her speech developed so fast. I mean, everyone said she, right. she, she spoke her first words so young and like, cause she was also always listening to us talk, whether it was my friends or when we go down to Indiana and, and her parents and stuff. And yeah, that's awesome though, man. That's, I remember, I still have the picture when you first held her at our house and Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You were like, yeah, you were like, your arms are just like going around her like three times or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She was so tiny. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, we, yeah, we, it was one of those things like we were trying, we were trying and then we decided to stop trying. And then that's when Berta got pregnant. But I remember the night we found out, I think she took 10 pregnancy tests because she took the first <laughs> first two and she was like, no, I'm not actually pregnant. And, and she went through a box nah. and then she made me go to CVS to go buy another box. I'm like, so I, fa- I, I wound up buying the one that just says, it literally says you're pregnant on it. There's no colors. <laughs> it just says you're pregnant, <laughs> stamping you in the forehead. <laughs> She's like, okay, I guess we're pregnant. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's so much good content to write a song about. This is I've I've I remember now. I think I might have done it, but it never came out or I never put it out. But I remember when she was born, looking. Remember, I was talking about the the heart rate monitor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember taking a video back then of it on my old iPhone one or whatever it was at the time. Maybe it was even a flip Sprint PCS phone. Who knows? No, it wasn't that long ago. But um. I remember taking a video of it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to record this, this, and then, you know, ha- use the heartbeat sound at, at the, at the exact tempo that this is at in a song. And, um, so maybe we can incorporate something like that. Well, I mean, I think it would be important to, to, yeah, to incorporate any elements of, of our children and, and what they do to affect us. Cause now it's like, you know, we used to use other external sources to get inspired to write music. But now it's like the, all that inspiration is right here at our fingertips each and every day. You know what I mean? Well, um, yeah, Milan has kind of like the, in the former East German times, because people weren't, it was really frowned upon with the church. So there was very little people that actually had a confirmation. So they had kind of the city kind of supported coming into adulthood 
and you Milan just we were yeah last week that September 26th we were there at the city hall where his school is and you know they gave him flowers and there was a band playing from from Leipzig and this huge program and it was beautiful and I was just thinking that uh, because because of Corona we pushed back the party to that and that's going to happen October 24th so I would love to when I'm getting small videos and stuff and all that together I would love to play this song by then for that you know to mix and put some of these images over to it but I was thinking we could have a part in the song where collectively we could just you know phone videos or just sound from the heartbeat and we could like mash up all the kids you know that's five kids just in there and the kids could actually be a part of that song oh yeah definitely i mean i I, for for my since my kids are so much younger than your two i've got a lot of videos from (laughs) the day from the day of you know like when they were actually born so like i mean i got a lot of stuff from right then One of the things, Mikey, I love about your relationship with Milan, which it's 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 equal parts beautiful and comedic at all times. Because like I know we I know we've talked about this before, but when Roberta and I were summer and we dub, we dubbed Milan, we started calling him Ira because he he's he's the he's the logic to to Mike's chaos. It's so funny to watch the two of them interact now that Milan's getting older, and he's like he's like this old wise Jewish man that just like con- you know challenges mike on everything it's so it's so awesome i love it i mean it's just so fun to see see them all getting older and whether it's kenny going into sixth grade and me being freaked out or or just watching milan interact with mike and it's beautiful the way that the two of you challenge each other and well i love love that video that mike shared the other day of of milan giving him that 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 face when he was rapping the stink eye yeah like oh dad yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I there's, there's so many times we'd be sitting there on the deck having wine or something, and Mike would be talking or something, and Milan was just giving him the side eye, or, or he would literally say like, "Papa, why?" Like, I how many times I've heard him say "why," which is a great question <laughs> to ask Mike in general, but to ask anyone because he, he's such an inquisitive kid. You know, I love it. Yeah, tonight or or it was a great. Uh feat for parenting for us is uh, you know Milan takes the bus it's 40 minutes away which is not very typical in Germany because mostly people go to the schools that they can walk to or take public transportation to so a lot of those kids it's because it's a specialty school about speech a lot of these kids get come from different cities so Milan doesn't typically just hang out with him after the kids have to take a train or meet up but his friend who's having his party for you know coming into adulthood like Milan didn't feel comfortable like just staying over there and basically Teresa and I were just like we talked about it the night before and I'm like Teresa you're much better at convincing people like do it and but we both talked about it at breakfast today and I'm just like we're your parents you know and we know everything we know <laughs> i was just making a a fool of it you know and he's like you definitely don't know how to do everything right and you don't do anything right and but 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 i mean that was a part of a joke but basically i for me fatherhood especially dealing with teenagers and another 10 year old who thinks he's a teenager and actually sometimes 
even he needs to top me then you I need to have an outer body of experience very often in the day so that I can remember that I've just got a job to do and I don't need to be their friends and and I need to jump over sometimes of me wanting to play that role just because I love them and even sometimes yeah I, I it's a it's a job to do it's a duty and as long as you don't give up then you can't fuck it up that bad it's hard it's hard to not it's hard to not want to just be their friend and make sure they're loved all the time. It's probably one of the hardest things, I think, you know. Yeah, but so we tried to tell Milan today, like, listen, th- your friend lives a half hour away. Uh, we'll drive you there, but, you know, we're not picking you up. It's too far. Like, y- you stay over there and jump over your shadow, and it doesn't matter if it's unfamiliar. And I just said, Milan, you're, this is good for you to build those ties with him because Maurice has stayed over here and 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 so it just felt good to and I said bottom line is I don't want to drive over there and, and he said okay I'll take the train but then I can only be there for an hour because the last train is at six and then you know he's trying to always use logic against it but we just said no no you're gonna stay there and you need to you need to deal with your feelings of insecurities and unknown and just do this so that you can better your relationship with Maurice. And yeah, he's there right now. Yeah. We've, we've had similar conversations with Kenny where she got invited to a sleepover at a friend's house. And maybe she's not super close with that friend, but she doesn't want to tell her she doesn't want to do it. So we've all, we've had the conversation of like, well, then you need to tell her you don't want to do it. That's not our job anymore. Like you, that's your job. You say that you don't want to have a sleepover and she's so afraid to like make someone upset with her or something like that. And there's been times, same scenario. She doesn't have a good reason. And we're like, well, then you're going and you're staying over there, you know, and you need to deal with the situation. Like we've gotten into this new mode of that's come out in the last two years where she'll be at someone's house and if she feels uncomfortable, she'll want to, now that she has a phone, she'll want to call us, you know, whereas before she just would deal with it, you know, and we, I, I tried to have that conversation with her. It's like, look, in all aspects of your life and in my life, this device right here tells you that you can get out of a situation when you probably should just stick it out because I do the same thing. We all do the same thing. So tr- that's been a new part of parenting for me is like giving her the freedoms that she should have, whether it's the internet or, or a phone, but checking my own bullshit. Like when I'm in the moment of like, Hey, put that phone down. You're not watching any more TV. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Adam, how many mindless YouTube videos have you just watched while you're sitting on the couch being a lazy fuck? Like maybe you should, maybe you should take your own medicine a little bit here, you know, and that's eye opening as they get older, you know? And that, I, exactly, exactly. And I know that's been a challenge for you, Mike, with um, like treating them as kids, but then understanding your own, what you went through as a kid with severe ADHD, you know, whether it was like playing video games for 10 hours or something like that and treating them as their own people, but also understanding that they did come from you. So you want to protect them. You know, it's really hard to, let them be their own people, but try and guide them if you can around the mistakes you might have made. But at the same time, 
some of my biggest mistakes are, I think, what made me into who I am. You know, I mean, the biggest one was being a total asshole to the point of getting kicked out of my parents' house when I was 16 and then going to live with Tim in his parents' basement and then having to do shit on my own, get my own job and get my shit together. And if I, did, if I didn't go through that, I don't think I would have the same trajectory for myself, you know? So that's, I think, the hardest part for me uh, is zooming out, like, Mike, you were saying, the out-of-body experience to see the moment for not just, you know, I want to protect them or I want to do this and just, like, being able to relate your background and what you went through, but also give them their own space to be who they are. It's just, it's really hard, you know, and that's the stuff that you don't think about when, you know, your kids emptying a two pound bottle of, of uh, baby powder in a room, <laughs> you know, everything's unicorns and rainbows, you know, for the most part. But I mean, you know, I think it's just being cognizant of the fact that, that you know that you don't want them to do something or act a certain way. And kids nowadays need to be, they need to understand why you're coming at them from that angle. You know what I mean? So like having that, that balance of like, well, I don't want them to do this, but I have to kind of explain it in a way that makes sense. That's, that's always a, that's a, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm really excited to write a song about this. For sure. We got, we got some, fun, some fun kids. They do funny things, and I think we got some content just in that alone. Yeah. And, um, Timmy, you sent Mike and I a little idea already, um, mm-hmm. some guitar and, and, and a melody, and I'm, I'm, digging it. I'm digging it where it's at. I think it's going to be something cool. It's, we're, we've been talking back and forth a little bit about it, and it's got like this weird um almost i never thought i would say country feel but it's not even it's like an americana feel i guess is the better way to put it like uh, like yeah, like right. a, as soon as i heard it it's it reminded me of like a white stripes or jack white thing but then also like when i started listening to the rhythm or the way it would swing i'm like oh it'd be so cool to drop like an outcast style beat behind this or something uh-huh. there's just so many uh-huh. cool ideas we could come up with um you know I th- and i think it's like it, it was how i sung it because I was sitting on my couch and I was working on the idea on, on GarageBand on my phone and I was like, all right, I got, I got the iPhone headphones in and I'm just going to kind of quick sing my part. I walked into the kitchen. I'm trying to do it really quietly because both kids are sleeping. It's at nighttime. And I think the way that I sung it gave it that like that Americana feel. That's awesome though. That's perfect the way, because of the fact you sang it that way because your kids were asleep. That's, <laughs> that's like the quintessential reason it should sound like yeah, that that's awesome sure. man right yeah, and i've never yeah. heard you sing like that um and i don't mean like oh my god the way you you stretch your voice i just mean the tone it's not a typical mm-hmm. tone that i would hear come from you in a good in, in a cool way like it was very mm-hmm. unique that's why i said right away like it sounds like its own thing even though it's got these like different it reminds me of other stuff in the same way Mm-hmm. Wait, so so that's because you were you were just holding back to be really lightly, like almost kind of whisper singing. It was yeah, I was I was definitely singing at a low volume, but I was also trying to to make sure that I wasn't pitchy at the same time. So it it came out as a completely different, you know, yeah, it just it's different than anything I, I've done before. 
It sounds like almost like a lullaby that you would sing over your kid's crib or something. The way the 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 tonality of the way you were singing, which I think oh, yeah, is I like yeah, I like that. I, that yeah, I like the way that you phrase it. I I want to also. I, that reminds me. I want to sing a a a uh the lullaby that I learned there. At 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 Milan's thing. <laughs> or in German, yeah, but in German into the song we can even mix that in that because that's something that you don't hear. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got yeah we got we got our work cut off for us because there's gonna be a lot of different stuff that we can do with this. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's just really embrace the rest, the, the mess, and the chaos like a room filled with toys. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you you can definitely embrace the mess and the chaos. There is no embracing the rest. No, <laughs> there is no rest. Yeah. Um, let's uh, unless you guys had anything else as a way to kind of wrap up. I think let's. And do you guys? Hey, you guys good? Do you want that, something else? Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, my dad is proud of me. Like when when he saw me being a dad. That's awesome. Not that he was never proud of me before. But it's, Actually, it's the highest compliment, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I was too. I was too, and that's not. That's not. That's no. I'm serious, and that's not to say like you were a piece of shit before. <laughs> but but you're a different well, see, person. I, I didn't get to experience Mike, you know, with his kids. Like I, I got to see you with Kenny and stuff, and like, and I felt the same way about you, Adam. You're talking about getting your life together and like having to grow up and do all that stuff. Watching you be a parent, I was like, I was like, damn, Adam's got his shit together. <laughs> He's got this figured out. Thank you. Well, it may, I may have made it look that way, but I was a mess just like everybody else. Yeah. Hey, wait, I want to say one or one ask one question because we talked a lot about the past and and I'm sure when people hear about rem, people reminiscing about kids, they hear a lot about those first moments where it changed their life. But one thing you don't hear about is uh, how do you think we can prepare as parents for when we need to let go of our kids to let them leave their own lives? I have no idea. I'm the wrong person to ask on that one. I really was hoping that you were going to say the one question we have to ask is how were these babies made? <laughs> Hopefully you were present for that yeah, one as well. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Mikey, uh, and it's it's also perfect that you were talking about Milan being 11 pounds because any – any girl that probably met you with with the intention of of laying down next to you in a biblical sense would look at your would <laughs> look at your fingers and how big your hands were and just be like, "Oh, that's going to hurt coming out." Okay. It's like picking out a puppy, man. <laughs> look at those size of those paws. You know how big that thing's going to yeah, get? Exactly. When we first got Paisley, we were like looking at her paws like, "Oh shit, this is going to be a big dog." That's exactly what all the girls said when they saw his big old his ring his ring finger that his rings could fit around a small child. <laughs> Roberta and I Roberta and I are watching um the show Vikings right now, which is kind of like Game of Thrones with less less boobs yeah. and about, you know. Yeah. But it's awesome, but all of the people in that show, I just they look you could fit right in next to them. They're just these massive <laughs> people <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you could be Ragnar Ragnar the Great or whatever oh man 
No, but sorry, I didn't mean to make a joke when you're trying to be serious. But uh, repeat your question one more time for real, because I, I really I don't remember now what you said. Okay, yeah. How have you guys had ever thought about you know things that your parents did to let you become an adult? I mean, Adam, you, you your parents kicked you out of your house. Are you you probably don't have to do that with McKenna, but I'm more concerned. Like, how can I? let go i mean we were talking i i picked up a friend and we were talking about his uh neighbor who's whatever 87 and he just said yeah she doesn't really want to live anymore you know her husband died her kids are grown up and live in different cities and she's just lonely and i mean i think you we definitely need hobbies and stuff but i just want to know how to let them That's go? That's one you're thing saying? that I'm worried about. Yeah. How do I let go? Well, I think I have a problem. I think um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's always going to be hard, but I think I think you can find the beauty in in letting letting them go and watching them grow into into people. I'm sure we could ask our parents. You know, I mean, there, pro- I, there probably needs to be you probably need to have a little trust in yourself that you did everything that you could. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That they learned from the examples that you put, that you put forth. Yeah. And I think it's different for all of us because I think when we get to that moment, we're probably going to remember our own parents. And for you, Mike, I mean, the connection with your mom was, was so people, the amount of times you talk to your mom would be like, as if you were still living there. So like, I think it's different for you. So like under, like maybe, um, allowing it to be different when they get older and just letting it be, I think just letting it be what it's going to be. Like you said, like, you don't have to worry about that with McKenna. Well, I might, you don't know that. I never want to say like, I know I got this or I know she's going to be this way. Cause then that's not letting her be who she's going to be in, in every sense of the word, you know, like I remember letting go of pushing music on her. And that was, that was really hard, you know? But I, there was a lot of little lessons like that, I think, throughout the years. Like, even to the point of, I remember when she was born, and the, or before she was born, the baby shower, right? If you guys remember, the baby shower for her, we said no clothes. Do you remember that, Tim? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Okay. So we were like, she's not going to be a girly girl. She's going to be hard. We dressed her in these, like, skull and crossbones hipster onesies and all this stuff. The minute she can like watch anything on TV or not even just TV, the minute she gets, I don't know, beyond one, one years old, she's, um, she's wearing prince princess, everything, everything's pink, putting her hair up. She's like one of the most girly girls I've ever seen. So you can't control that. You know, (laughs) like that's, I think what the silly thing is, is you can't control who they're going to be. We wanted her to play music. We tried to put her around it, but you also can't force that. It's no me realizing it's no different than some stereotypical father trying to push football on them. Yeah, yeah, even that. Yeah, exactly. Did we lose Tim? No, I'm I'm still here. I I gotta step off for just one second. No, you're good. You're good. (sighs) Parenting in the moment, Tim. Go do it. Um. Yeah, Mikey, I think that's the that's what we uh, that's how I have learned that is just letting go 
because there's no other way to do it, you know? Did that help answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. It's Yeah, it's going to be a struggle or sometimes just... I, I mean, I heard it when Tim was talking about... You, you need to explain it in the right way so that people understand why you don't want them to do certain things. And yeah, I, I want to start practicing just letting go. Yeah. You know, what's your, incl what's your inclination when you say you don't know how you're going to do, is it fear that comes up? Like what are you, I guess what, I guess play the, play the and then what worst case scenario game with it for a second like what 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 would go what would be the path of your brain telling you why you're scared I'm, about it? I'm, I'm worried just about dying alone <laughs> and not having anybody care about you or you know just like your body rotting for weeks and stuff and the the police somebody the neighbors just says i don't know that stinks over there <laughs> that's heavy you're worrying about letting your kids go because you're worried about dying alone and i guess something that like that hap just happened in our family today okay we found out okay from theresia's um her mom's boyfriend his older brother they found him they were worried about him and then they called the police. He wasn't there. Then they found out that he died like a week earlier and nobody called them. Okay. You know, and their one brother lives in Berlin stuff. And so I was just thinking about like, oh, that's sad. Even if you're alone and you don't have kids or family, you know, you should try to make a little bit of a network of just the neighbors and stuff. So people kind of notice when you're not around. Not just an antique... Uh, an egotistical sense like i want the world to notice when i'm not around yeah I, I just i, I don't want to die lonely lonely not alone if she dies first you're saying yeah. and you don't yeah. have the kids like if something happens with the kids i guess that's what i'm yeah i don't know i'm, I, trying I'm to get thinking the, about that i mean no i'm not not taking anything away from the answer at all i mean it makes sense especially what you've recently went through it with your mom passing away and now your dad is alone so i get where your brain is at it's not yeah. that at all i'm just saying i think that when you and i get into these real heady conversations like this um you tap into your con your, your control freak side like you're trying to control check it, it. Check it out I, I i have a new a thing that i can just share that hit it hit perspective it. Okay, wait, Tim, are you back? Yes. So Tim just came recently, back and it was like, "What did I just walk into? What's happening now?" No, I, I got, I got, the, <laughs> I got the gist of what was going on. Um, yeah, for a couple of weeks, my dad had some intense pain, and my dad's a really tough guy. I mean, I remember when he got his appendix taken out, and I was like about eight, and I just said, "How come there's all this red?" stuff all over his bed it was on the other side where he was just parked there nobody saw that like the iv thing was coming out and there's just blood pouring out everywhere and he didn't even notice and like so he had his appendix out you know he had his thyroids taken out but he had he's always been super healthy not had any issues with his health and he's been trying to fight out what he thought he had his kidney stones and he tried to fight it for himself for like a week 
And then it came to the point where he could not bear it and called the ambulance. And then I was already like looking for a flight the next day, you know, which due to COVID that you can fly round trip for $422. <laughs> but something deep inside said, no, the typical response is for Mike just to quickly shift gears, just fucking get in a plane and drive there or, and then, you know, land and get a rental car and just show up at my dad's door. But something inside me says, man, like that would stress him the fuck out, you know? And I, I don't want to surprise my dad in a bad thing. Number one, just with the COVID and stuff, I would hate to infect him and I don't really know what's going on. So I need to wait and make a good decision. And I know that if, you know, when my mom was sick and I traveled a lot and with, with even with Mika or with Milan, that was just a different relationship. Just, yeah. And now I was just going to say that my, because, yeah, but because when my mom passed away, I, for the first time in my life, really experienced the freedom of my own independence and my dad doesn't do that, you know? My dad my dad doesn't want me just flying over there. Does that make sense for me, for my family? You know, it's balanced and I want I want to make sure I'm like that. When I know that I have the tendencies to be a control freak and want to control things what the boys are doing and, and that's my biggest fear. Yeah, I fear. think that I was just going to say I wonder how much of it is you can't even control you you immediately are tapping into the past relationship with your mom you know the codependency there or something like you want to recreate it with your dad in some way subconsciously i don't know like maybe you miss it yeah no i like it i it's healthy for me it's what i need right now having now a house theresia's like doing her student teaching and i've only got you know, a couple of years or former years before Milan might, you know, move to university and then get his own apartment, move away, do whatever. And, you know, Mika's 10. So I want to cherish that time at home. Or I feel that I'm in the moment where I'm looking, I can see something in the horizon and I know that I should just kind of yeah. walk you, slowly well, there. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but you're saying like, no, I am in a good place. Well, you're not when you think that way though. That's what that, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what that, what's coming out when you're, when you're like, I have to go there now. I have to, you know, it's almost like you're, you're, you're reaching for, but I, I, I held myself back. Yeah. I held myself. I like that drama. I love that. Like, okay, right. Fuck. We're just going to, totally switch gears and do it and and it felt good something inside said you're too old for that like you need to wait you need to just talk to your dad find out what he needs find out what he wants and then weigh that out with the positives and the negatives of, of how that affects you well that and, and that's, now, what's good. that's what's good about it you you learn from that like because it's it isn't about you at that moment it's about what your dad needs right so now that's that kind of answer your question like it's not about you necessarily when it comes to the kids. It's about what they need, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think... Well, I guess 
how do I act like more like my dad when I'm I think you way need to more s- I think, like here, my mom? I think you need to stop saying, how do I act like this person or that person? Just You keep saying, like, I want to be this, I want to be that. Just fucking be you. Don't think you have to be anybody else but you. Yeah. You're good enough, you're smart enough, and God damn it, people love you. We do, we do, Mike, <laughs> we do. No, I'm serious, though. Like, it's stop saying that sentence you don't need to be you're not you're not on a you're not in a movie that was already written for you just do it you know whatever your relationship ends up being with mika and milan later in life is what it's going to be and you have control of that you can't you know so if yeah if my mom was miserable at the end of her life then she's responsible correct yes absolutely 100 percent yeah, I'm, but like you said, like I don't want to, not to quote Don Draper from Mad Men, but I will. You're born alone and you die alone. <laughs> you know, it's you are going to die alone. I mean, but yeah. hopefully you've lived a great life and you can control everything up to that moment. Um, but I, but Mike, I think if you can let go of of that of that that fear that you're feeling, because ultimately, if you do what the kids want and what they need if you give them what they need and both kids are different so you're gonna have to figure out exactly how that translates later in the life anyways but you give them what they need you give them the space or the attention that they need love them how they want to be loved your relationship with them is going to be just fine later in life yeah yeah because they'll be fulfilled Exactly. Mm-hmm. And which will fulfill you because that when we are at our best as, as human beings is when we serve others, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's the most important part about being a parent is you're serving them. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's why Jesus washed Peter's feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Right on cue. Yeah, no, I t- <laughs> Left field, here it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, gentlemen. Yes. I think we should I think we should wrap it yeah. up. I mean we I don't want so this too. thing to get too crazy, but I mean we got we got pretty pretty deep there at the end. We got heavy. No, we got I, I this is awesome. I thought we about twenty minutes in I was like, Man, this is going really well. We haven't had to stop and rethink anything. It's going awesome. So no, I think we got that was fun. I think we got plenty <laughs> here. Mike, do you need a hug? Definitely. Cool. Do I need what? Do you need a hug? We got real deep there at the end. Yeah, no, I don't need a hug. I'm just happy to go there. (laughs) I don't need a hug. If I could hug, if I could hug both you guys right now, I would. I I love you guys so much. You just have to be careful because I'm. I bought these really short running shorts yesterday at Target. Uh Oh, Uh -oh. I mean they're (laughs) they're like you're gonna have to be careful. They're like they're like probably five inches. I walked in. Roberta was like, "Ooh, look at those legs," and I, I. I they're like eighties basketball short length. Like my yeah, like like my Magic Johnson could slip through the bottom of them pretty easily. That's, so, so you gotta that's be what careful. I'm saying. You need to, you need to be careful. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, if you're hugging me, then we all need to be careful, is all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, no. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love you guys. This was awesome. I think awesome fatherhood let's uh yeah we're turning uh, mike and i turn the video back okay. on so we can see each other's yeah. beautiful faces so yeah, and we want to see those too. shorts at him yeah. <laughs> <Johnson. laughs> hang on my <laughs> uh, back okay. yeah cool yeah. so let's try to push a little bit each 
way uh i guess some of those early samples and stuff you can send them to adam so he could start making it like kind of a track or or you could just keep doing your verse and well thank you I really yeah let's love just the we'll just keep pushing ideas like we did i think what we did on the first one together you know where we kept sending each other samples and cuz like you know when you sent that voice recording on the the last song that we worked on you had that like oh adam you are so sexy yeah <laughs> it's like we're mike it's like we're back in like parkview middle school those are like parkview shorts right there but anyways when you know when you sent that sample that became the bridge of the of community you know like because i got inspired by what you were doing so as long as we yeah. keep sending ideas back and forth it'll help uh the the song keep moving forward yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, I can hear Della okay. in the background in, in her room going, come and get me. I think the, my Waking shorts up. I'm wearing are the same ones my dad's wearing in that picture <laughs> in Suds. When he's playing drums. Oh, jeez. So those long feathery hair. Yeah. It's like built-in air conditioning, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I got I to gotta bounce. Later. Okay. Love you guys. All right, guys. Okay, later. later. Nice talking to you. Bye. Snuck out the cradle banging silver spoons I remember making time Imagine Father Imagine Imagine Better ship for a captain Captain Boy meets girl study abroad classes Orange pink stripes sweater pigtails and Gucci glasses I'm making passes She started laughing Next thing I know she's pregnant Life flashes to another time Little kids and little problems As they grow older they think that the world revolves around them <laughs> The key to fatherhood You don't stand a chance to try and solve them I mean, if I could only control my actions Yet alone, the grouch, grouch, more many distractions
losses I could forever keep Who cares about the lost sleep Who knew I could taste a love so sweet